And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm thinking about raising a little capital. How about you? I think it's time we take this podcast to the next level and do like an arena tour. And but we're gonna to need to raise some money for that. Like we gotta prepay we, for all these arenas, right? We are definitely gonna need capital if we're gonna do an arena tour during a pandemic. And I've seen your speakers set up, those look expensive. The wall of sound. Yeah. We're gonna need some money for that, uh, man. The, what Matt's referring to is I, I made a joke. I actually got the schematic from the Grateful Dead's wall of sound. And then I relabeled it to be the 2022 full-scale Christmas party karaoke setup. Because oh, yeah. we've had to cancel our Christmas party two years in a row. And, you know, I figured if it go big or go home after that two years in a row. So, yeah, by the way, if you want to enjoy the many, many laughs and bonus content items that come out, Come check out the Startup Hustle chat on Facebook. There's about 2,500 people in there right now. And yeah. we post videos and polls and a lot of other stuff. Good stuff that, there. Yep, host stuff, not a bunch of spam. It's not self-serving. It's it's a pretty good community. So come check it out. Now, speaking of good things, Matt, do you want to let people know about today's episode? Absolutely. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Wix, helping you create a website you're proud of. Discover the platform that gives you the freedom to create, design, manage, and develop your web presence exactly the way you want. Go to Wix.com and check it out. Can you believe they have like 200 million people that use Wix? It's crazy. It blows my mind. I know. I think about it. I bet they like raised the... some money. I bet they got some funding. <laughs> Holy shit. Probably, probably in all stages along oh, the way. Oh, yeah. That's you know, that's what happens. Now, before we get into like raising money at the later stages, let's do a, a quick little review. Now, the last episode in this series, so this is part 46 of 52. And for those of you listening, I'm still trying to gain traction on getting my voice back. So uh, I, appreciate I know, I know. Hang on. Let me drink some of this energy drink. Ah, <clears throat> oh, there you go. Nope, didn't help. Nope. So episode 45 in this series of 52-part series. Matt, we're almost done with this thing, buddy. We're getting through it. Coming down the home stretch. You know, we talked in the last episode, we talked about, is it time to quit? Now, this is the opposite of that. This, it's time to go this big. This is when it's time to raise, yeah, it's trying to raise money or, <clears throat> well, this is another option for when it could feel like it's time to quit. You need resources. You want to go big, rocket ships to the moon require expensive fuel. So where are you going to get it? Um, you know, we talk about, you know, you have <clears throat> all different types of stages of funding. You have pre-seed funding, seed funding, series A, series B, series A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, you know, there's like all of them. Get into venture debt, mezzanine financing, all of it. I mean, where do, where do, what is a later stage, Matt? 
Oh man, you know, it's all over the board. And so the focus today is supposed to be later stage, but you know, here in Kansas City, raising like a seed round or a Series A seems to be a little different than, say, raising a Series A in like San Francisco. You're like, they raise like a $20 million Series A round or whatever craziness. Where it seems like in Kansas City, if you raise like $20 million, it's like Series G. <laughs> like, right. it's just different. I don't, I don't know how to, just, how to say, but, you know, usually the, the key here is you're raising capital in later stages because you've got an excellent product, you've got, you've got the team, you've got product market fit, you've got all of it, right? And you're just trying to scale. And honestly, this is where Vin Solutions was when we sold it. We were doing about $3 million a month in revenue. We were making money, but we had never had any kind of venture capital. We didn't have any money in the bank. I mean, we were making money, but we didn't have enough money to say, hey, we need to go hire the next 50 people, 100 people develop this new product, go into a new market vertical. Like we couldn't do any of those things. We didn't have the money. We were like running around with our the chickens with our head cut off, right? Just trying to keep up with shit. We didn't, we had no padding behind us, right? To help us. And that's where the capital in the later stages comes in. It's usually to help take to the next level, right? To go from like, okay, a $30 million a year company to a hundred million dollar company. Or a lot of times it's founders trying to take money off the table too. Like you'll hear right, about right. so-and-so raised a hundred million dollars. You know what? 80% of that might've been to buy out, you know, series a uh, investors or the founders and, and it's secondary capital that people are taking money off the table too. They don't ever talk about that, but a Owner, lot of that owner's money, liquidity. Owner's liquidity. Yeah. That's a big <clears throat> reason to take later stage rounds too. And I never, I never forget it. We talked to Sandy Kemper from C2FO and that was one thing he told me. He's like, Hey man, at every at every stage, you take a little bit of chips off the table, right? You're 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 de-risking a little bit. Series A, B, C. You always take a little <clears throat> bit of money off the table as you go, because you just never know. Like the whole thing could blow up later, um, and and that's a big part of raising money in the later stages as well. So when we say later stages, we're just going to say established businesses. This is usually like often growth capital, but there are other reasons that this stuff comes back, you know. And like, there's I don't know. Much like snowflakes, every every business is different. It has different needs. It's got just all of it's different. So, you know, businesses that make it to things like Series C are are, are usually pretty successful. I mean, this yeah. is the this is the what we're going to discuss today is these these are the situations where, well, when you're in an early stage business, you get pissed off that you're not at this stage because you're like, no one will give me money when I need it, but when I why would I need it? when I'm already super profitable, right? There's a lot of different reasons. So, all right. So when we talk about like raising money at this stage, I think you're going to start by showing that your revenue is going to outpace your current expense structure. And that's why you're bringing the money in. Well, at this stage, some companies could be profitable or they may not be profitable. Right. Um, you know, it depends on if they're partially owned by private equity or, or kind of who owns it and what the <clears throat> kind of corporate goals are. And it could be like, look, the company has to be, you know, an EBITDA break even, like you can't lose money, but we're willing to invest. Like depending on these companies as they get to these later stages could be totally different, you know, mindsets and how they're run. Some are just like, look, we're, we're going to burn cash. Like this is rocket fuel go acquire as many customers as possible. We don't care if the company ever makes a single dollar in profit. And then you have some, they're like, look, no, we're going to give you this money because 
we want you to take this product and develop it into a new vertical or whatever. Um, but the company should be profitable. Like it's just all over the board. Yeah, And, and well, in some cases, like you mentioned vent solutions, and for those of you listening, you know, Matt and his partner sold that business for 150 million bucks, but you're looking at a business that's, you, you mentioned having $3 million a month in revenue and you don't have Jack in the bank. Nothing. And you know, some of that too, like that, I mean, here's the thing is one, that'll stifle your growth. And also it's risky. Mm-hmm. If a any pandemic could hit, yeah, any if little a pandemic bump, what hit do do? during that case, you could have been in really, really bad shape. Yeah. Yep. How many employees do you guys have at exit? Four or 500? Um, I think we were close to 300, something like that. I mean, we, and, and that company now has 500. Yeah, at least over 500. Yeah. 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 So Matt mentioned the term EBITDA. For those of you that might not be familiar, that stands for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That is not the bottom line. No, it's not. But even, and different businesses too are going to get like, so Matt and I own Fullscale. Go to fullscale.io if you need help with software developers. That's what we do. Now that's a tech services business. That's going to be a completely different approach and outlook, not only from a management and ownership perspective, that at, as well as an investment standpoint. So like EBITDA really matters to us at Fullscale, like a whole lot, where because we, we aren't a 10x valuation software company. Yeah, so we need to be business, profitable, right? Yeah, it, it needs be to become business. profitable. And like, and there's an acceptable range for it not being profitable. And there are acceptable reasons for it not to be profitable. Like here we are in 2022. If we decided to not be profitable, that's because we were plowing all of our profits or positive revenue back into future growth. Yep. That is, a, that is a potentially acceptable reason for eliminating your EBITDA as opposed to, hey, we're just, here we are four years later and we're trying to make a dollar. And by the way, <clears throat> um, there's a great terminology for this. They call the rule of 40 to consider too, where if you're a high growth startup, you should be growing uh, 40% a year or the combination of your growth rate plus your profit should be 40. That's your goal. So if your profit is 20% a year, like EBITDA margin is 20% or whatever, plus your growth rate is 20, you'd be at 40. And so that that's another kind of rule that they use is that rule of 40. I have good news for you, Matt. Full scale grew over 40% last year. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yep, While being profitable. You, you heard it. You heard it here first. All right. So... <clears throat> You know, when you're looking at raising money as well, you know, you got to look at things like, uh, you know, you don't hold back on capital expenditures, you know, expenditures. Um, you know, these kind of capital investments can be amortized over a long period of time. But at the later stage, smart investors fully understand and expect that you're going to need to address some serious infrastructure needs to grow your business. And that's like, that's one of the things we're dealing with at full scale right now. Like we just went through a pandemic. Um, we're all over the world. We're trying to expand into other markets. And, you know, we have to look at that very carefully about where and how we spend money. And one of the things over this last couple of years with the pandemic was we had an office expense that we could have just basically decided to stop paying and just let them come after us for the money. We chose not to. And then recently a super typhoon hits the company and the office became invaluable. And it kind of made me rethink some of the future because we had moved to an all remote kind of thing. And I'm like, maybe we just don't need offices at all or whatever. And 
some of that I was like, well, maybe we do, you know, maybe just we just need do. a smaller some office. Of that, it could be, or more, more, or just something. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, there's, <clears throat> when you look at raising later stage investment, it's because sometimes you need to be able to get the things that you couldn't or wouldn't normally afford without the money coming in, but are pretty imperative for you to be a big, big company. Well, and, and obviously the type of company uh, changes your capital requirements considerably, right? Like our focus is more on tech companies, but think about Tesla for uh, as an example. They're like, uh, we need to build another battery factory, like a gigafactory. Okay, we need like a billion dollars for that, please. Like it just requires a lot of cash, right? And maybe they can get yep. that from banks even and, and almost do bank financing for that. That's another option. You got to pay that back. But yeah, I mean, it's it's debt, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just tech companies don't usually have physical assets that are buying that they're, they're leveraging and, and getting debt for like a factory um, or say inventory. If you're selling a physical product, you're like, oh, I need money to buy the product, manufacture the product. For software companies, it's usually for sales and marketing. It's like, I need to hire a bunch oh. of salespeople. I need to spend a bunch of money on marketing. I know what my customer acquisition costs are. I know what my lifetime value of my customer is. I mean, think about Netflix and, you know, you know, it was $7 a month and, and you got your red envelopes in the mail back then, right? But all the advertising they had to do to get us to sign up for their DVD mail service, and you know, they weren't making much money, but it was first to market, right? They want to, they want to buy customers. Basically they want to own the market and they got to spend a ton of money on sales and marketing to, to get all the customers signed up, but they know the lifetime value of the customers is high and eventually they'll get the money back, but it takes capital. Well, that's where you see these, you know, company X gets a $300 million investment at a 1.5 billion valuation and you know it's easy to look at that and be like what on earth are do yeah. you need 300 million bucks for but when you break it down i mean there's a bunch of different reasons there's a bunch of different things that you know that could be now one of the things to keep in mind is this kind of investment like a series c or whatever you're selling equity you're not and the alternative is debt based stuff where you are paying that back well, and, so and we should talk about that. Do you want the liability and the repayment? Go ahead. Go ahead, man. You know, debt debt has become more and more of a common thing now. Like venture debt um, has become much more common. Um, Stackify used it. Um, we we got some venture full scale debt. used it. Full yeah. full scale has used it. And then you've got yeah. people like Cabbage and, and others that aren't the same as venture debt, but they've they've made it really easy to go online and get business loans, like unsecured business loans that are debt. Um, usually venture debt is paid back. Um, a lot of it is revenue-based financing where you pay back a percentage of your monthly revenue. Another one that's common is based on the, your merchant processing. So there's people like American Express and stuff. They're like, okay, we'll give you, we know you do a million dollars a month in American Express billing on your credit cards. Like we're pretty sure we're going to get that money back because you're going to keep selling stuff and keep taking American Express. So we'll front you a bunch of money. Um, but then you just, you know, pay it back as a percentage of your, you know, proceeds. Like, hey, instead of getting a million, we're going to give you 900,000 and we're going to keep part of it or whatever until you pay off the loan. So there's, there's, there's some other creative ways to do financing of things out there um, that aren't just equity. There are debt options out there. And we mentioned earlier, mezzanine financing. Um, mezzanine was an option that um, uh, Venn Solutions actually considered 
where it was a mixture of of kind of debt and equity both it was kind of both uh coupled together which was kind of crazy it's like we had to give equity to them they'd give us money and we had to pay the money back both kind of felt like we were getting screwed twice so that's why we didn't do it <laughs> um so there's different structures to all these things out there but there's there's a lot of different options and private equity is another option that um, we didn't have on our list but where it's like look we're not selling the whole company we're selling part of it we're bringing in private equity um so like maybe we still maintain control they're a minority owner but now we've got a, a financial partner that's really backing it well let's talk about venture debt for a second too because i think that's something that a lot of people aren't familiar with and honestly i wasn't until a few years ago so venture debt comes in different forms uh, probably the more the more popular and and mainstream is rbf revenue-based financing yeah where they're going to say you, you here's a million bucks and we're going to take 4% of your revenue until that's paid back. And there's some tiers and that you can, why don't you give a little outline of what that looks like and like why that, why that was a decision that you made in the past? Yeah, we, we looked at it because it was hard to raise equity, right? Like we, if we were going to go raise a million, couple million dollars or whatever, that's kind of a hard number to raise. Like most people want to write smaller checks or much bigger checks. We're kind of in the middle there where it's harder to get investors. Um, and then frankly, our numbers just didn't line up. Like as far as like, we didn't have the the perfect, you know, customer acquisition costs and, pro, you know, margins and we weren't profitable. We were burning cash. Like we just weren't like this perfect company that somebody's going to throw $10 million at in a series A or series B or whatever. So venture debt was a great option for us to go raise 500,000, million dollars, million and a half, 2 million, whatever it is. And these companies will let you kind of um, lever into it. It's like, okay, we'll start at 500,000 with one tranche. And then if you do well and you hit your numbers, we'll give you another tranche and another tranche, right? And that's what's great about it too, is you don't have to go take $10 million worth of equity or whatever if you don't need it and take all that dilution. Instead with the debt, you've got to pay it back. Um, and so, but you know, you, it's- But you keep the equity. But you keep which, the equity. And- yeah, and I remember I remember you laying on the couch of my office, which was not uncommon, by the way. If you work with Matt and you have a couch in your office, you can count on him probably laying down on it what, for about eighty percent, eighty percent of the day. Yeah, and the other twenty percent, he's just circling the office looking for a different couch. Pretty much it sounds right. Getting Does coffee. sound about right. Yeah, getting coffee. But usually. no, but you sitting there. To, yeah, and he never brings it back. He'll just go and get a coffee. And then for himself, and then come back and lay on your couch, and you're kind of like, dude, could you bring me a coffee? Nope. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I. Hopefully in 2022, well, we don't have an office with a couch in it. What well, we do, we have an office with a lot of couches in it, but none of them are in an office. So to, who knows? to follow but, on with what, but well, ta- well, talking about why you want to, you're like, why would you take a million bucks and you want to pay it back? Because the equity that you would have given up is going to be worth way more. Than, yeah, potentially. It, than, the, than the money that you would have sold equity for. And that's a pretty easy proposition. Another thing too is like Matt mentioned, the, the path to the, to the deposit in your bank account is, is a lot less treacherous. Well, the, because it's debt, they're first in line, right? So they know that <clears throat> worst comes to worst, the million dollars or whatever debt you have is the first thing that has to be paid back. Where if you're an equity holder, 
you know, you're, you're behind the debt. So if you've got a company that on paper, you know, based on standard valuations, like, okay, this company's worth arguably 5 million, 10 million, 15 million, whatever they've got revenue and all this stuff, like giving them $500,000 in venture debt doesn't seem quite as risky, right? Um, versus plowing $5 million into it and becoming, you know, and buying equity that has higher risk yep. uh, portfolio to it. And honestly, these companies <clears throat> that are doing venture debt, um, the one we worked with, I later um, invested in them. So I'm actually a, an LP partner in that firm now. And um, their internal rate of return for their investors was about 25% a year. So that's yeah. a really good inv- uh, return for their investors. And honestly, it's probably not too different from private equity. Like I've invested in private equity groups uh, rounds before, and their rate of returns are usually 15, 20, 30% a year. And so the people that are doing the venture debt are, are getting similar rates of return with perceivably less risk because it's debt. So it kind of works well on both sides is the point. Now, I want to I talk for a second about a different kind of venture debt. So this is what we did at Full Scale. And you mentioned Sandy Kemper earlier. So Sandy Kemper's the the CEO and founder of, of C2FO, which is, I don't even know what that company, that's a unicorn. At this point, yeah, it's got to be a billion um, dollar Sandy's, company now. Sandy's, Sandy's been a, an amazing mentor and friend to both Matt and I, full scale Stackify, pretty much everything we do. And and thank you, Sandy, for that. But it was actually, you know, we had, that was one of the things at full scale. We didn't really know, well, we were having a hard time putting a value on the company, you know, and we didn't want to, we didn't want to sell the company, sell a bunch of shares at pennies on the dollar. And, I, I actually emailed Sandy. I said, can I just bend your ear for a minute? And he said, sure, come on over. I was like, okay. So I went right on over to his office and he and talked to him for a few minutes and said, you should create a venture debt pool. And I, and basically in the end, the, the, what that is, is we created our own loans and, you know, we did $750,000 worth and we got that all really quickly from friends and family. And it was an amortization kind of loan. And we paid a percentage return. The payment goes out to them every month and pay the money back. And that's how that goes. And that can be a very, and it's a win-win. One, if you have believers and people that like what you do, you know, and that means you then have lenders and not investors. It's different. So, you know, and that's it. So, okay. Now, before we get into the second half of the episode, Matt, where do you, where do you go when you want to create, manage, and grow your business online? Because Wix is the leading website creation platform. Create a site with designer-made templates that can be customized for your business. They look great on all devices. They have all kinds of tools in there to help you reach new audiences with intelligent SEO. It's designed to get you found in search engines and give you a, an amazing presentation. And, and keep in mind, if people are going to judge your business about the way the and, and direct correlation with the quality at which you present yourself online yes. and Wix yep. makes it pretty easy to do that. So, you know, you can manage it all from one place. You can do it at home, at the office, on the go. You never miss a thing when it comes to your business. And there's over 200 million people already doing it at Wix.com, which was just awesome. I mean, like, okay, that's a validator. They must raise some money. Two hundred million. Okay, so something in here is is working. So yeah, would that be a good metric to tell a later a later stage capital investor? Uh, how many users do you have? We have two hundred million. 
All so, of them. Yeah. That's about how many people, to give you some context, that's about the same number of people that in, in all of the United States that are a monthly user of Facebook. Holy moly. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy, right? That's all right. So, you know, back to, back to like why raising capital in later stages. I mean, one, one of the things that a lot of companies do is they'll raise money because their current business model is generating revenue and, ser- and servicing clients in a specific vertical or however it is they do it. And they have, they realize and they know that they can, they can create their own verticals. They can expand, they can find new potential streams of revenue however that might be or however that looks. But in order to do that, they kind of have a startup inside their own startup and they don't want to, mm-hmm. they don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. They don't want to. Yes. And this is where you got to be careful. Cause you know, we've talked so much about entrepreneurial ADD and distractions and stuff like that. Uh, you can create little side stuff in your business thinking you're going to expand it. And then it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to. And now you've got a boat anchor attached to your speedboat that was cruising pretty fast. And now all of a sudden you're like, wow, what did I do here? By the way, Wix raised $58 million before they went public and they did a series D round was their last round. So that was a D. Yep. They went all the way to D. Yeah. And once you go public, you don't really that you're, you're in a different, you're in a different world. You're going to get different types of financing, but you sell shares. Yep. I mean, that's basically what that is. So, so that answers the question. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love, well, good for I them, love dude, by the way. By the way, that's the 58 million bucks sounds like a lot of money for a company the size of Wix. That's, that's, they, they did it well. It says right? when they IPO, they were worth $600 million. Million? $600 million. Yeah. That was a while ago, though. Yeah, that was 2013. Yeah. Well, they probably so, were the hell of a lot more than that. So, by the way, I I love what you just described of companies that raise money and and to kind of fund a new idea, a new product, you know, attacking a new vertical, right? Like, that's a great way to grow a business and invest in yourself, but kind of almost spread the risk too, right? And and I've that's why I believe Auto Trader acquired Vin Solutions. They're like, okay, we do Auto Trader does online ads, but (coughs) what happens to that business? What if Craigslist kills this business? Uh, maybe we should buy some other things and diversify, right? So that's another good reason to raise money and to do acquisitions. A lot of people raise money. Yeah, I was going to say maybe yeah, maybe to acquire acquire a competitor and yep. thin the market out, just boost things. Um, you know, another one too is is focusing on markets where you may have attained or if you feel like you have some maturity. Yeah. Yep. Because because at that point. A customer acquisition becomes a much well. Well, you use a real life example. All right, so full scale. Uh, about half of our clients are here in Kansas City. Why? Because we're here in Kansas City. We know a lot of people yeah. here. Yep. And but but with that, we're pretty deep down in the bucket. So you know, looking for new people and and doing stuff like that. If we wanted to reach them or go out and get them, um we're going to have to do some things that are a little outside of the range of what we normally do, which is word of mouth, referrals, startup hustle, stuff like that. And maybe we're like, okay, we got to spend a whole lot of money in our own market. 
And, and that might require a different type of capital or we want to maybe, okay. Another one is maybe like, okay. So most of our clients are in the United States. Right. Yeah. Maybe, but, but we, and, and we have quite a few in Australia and we're like, we look at Australia and we're like, wow, but that's on the other side of the world. Like we might have, we might say we need to have some people over there too, not just advertise there. And and honestly, actually an even better example would probably be if we said with full scale, it's like, we want to go focus on the Japanese market because we don't speak Japanese. So let's start there. Right. And like, we right. might need to go hire a couple people that live in Tokyo yeah. that were salespeople and whatever. And, you know, we'd have to have money to fund that right now for us, like hiring a couple people is not a, not a big deal probably, but for some of these other companies we talk about, they're like going into a new market might mean hiring dozens or hundreds of people. Right. So, um, well, I'll give you an example. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Austin, uh, Texas is booming right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, like big time. And with that, uh, so Facebook literally, so they're building a new, like the the tall, the new soon to be tallest building in Austin downtown. Facebook just agreed to uh, lease the entire building. Oh, wow. Now, they might not be raising capital for that, but that's a good example of like the kind of stacks of cash. Well, imagine how many employ- people you got to hire to fill that thing up. A few. Is it more than one? Yeah, more than a trillion. Okay, so when it comes to this stuff and you're trying to raise money, I mean, let the money do the talking, you know? And like, I mean, big growth phase investors want concrete evidence that a business has the ability to transform markets. You know, and that, I mean, at this point, they're not betting on whether or not you will be a success. They're betting on how big you're going to be. Yeah, you're doubling down at this point, right? Like you've got to have all of your proof of your customer acquisition costs and lifetime value and like all these different metrics that you would expect. And you're, you're already a winner, right? Um, but you got you got to have all that in writing. The, the numbers have got to back up the story. But the investors are just looking to double down on that and, and continue the growth. So, you know, this next thing is something that's pretty important and you need to know, like at this point also, I mean, when you get into series rounds that have letters in front of them, you need to be prepared to be, you know, so one of our um, advisors along the way was my friend, Greg Kratafel, who is a a, a well-known startup attorney. And, you know, I remember him telling me specifically, he's like, you don't ever put a round with a letter on it unless you're you're ready to sell 20% of the shares, you know, so anything below that is a little low. And and the question is why? And it's because, because the people that write checks that are this size, they want skin in the game. They don't want to buy 1%. They don't want to buy 1%. It's not worth their time. They're not going to show up for a board meeting for something they owe 1% of. I talk to, to investor type folks a lot. Um, either through full scale. And this isn't because I'm seeking investment. It's because they're on the podcast or they have, I don't know, they, they want to recommend us to some of their portfolio companies or something like that. And, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I always ask, I say, you know, what's, what kind of checks do you guys like to write? And I mean, it's not, I was on a call two weeks ago with someone, they said never less than 20 million and never more than 50. That's a lot of money still. You know, and it's like it takes just as and, much and, effort yeah. to do due diligence and all that to write a two million dollar yep. check as it does a twenty million dollar check. Yep. So yep, yeah. But that's how I prefer thing too. too. I prefer to write the twenty million dollar checks. <clears throat> you do? Yeah, 
When can you come by? <laughs> I'll be by later. All right. So, I mean, but that that's pretty that's pretty common, you know. I Absolutely. mean, fifteen to twenty five percent of shares need to be offered. It's, uh, you know, I don't know, and I, I mean, you got to be serious about getting some serious money in at that at that point. Money, money, money. All right. So, Matt, as a quick reminder, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Wix, where you go when you want to create a website that you're proud of, discover the platform that gives you the freedom to create, design, manage, and develop your web presence exactly the way you want. Go to Wix.com and check it out. Um, well, you know, once again, you know, thanks Wix for being one of our newer sponsors here on Startup Hustle. We definitely appreciate that. And for those of you that are, you know, getting something started, I mean, that's a great, great place to go get a website. I feel like Matt Watson may have built a Wix, a Wix website while we were recording these last couple episodes because Matt's pretty clever like that. But that's point a guy click, that knows baby, how to write. Click. Well, I was going to say, this is a guy that really knows how to write code, but you don't always need to write code. Sometimes no. it's, a, it's a sophisticated world of being able to set this up. And I want to say one other thing with this. And if you spend time with me, you're eventually going to hear me say, you need to look like you're in the business of doing whatever it is that you say that you're doing or want to do. <clears throat> we, I literally exclude people that email me about being full-scale clients from Gmail addresses. Because if you don't even have a website, you don't even have, can't even email out at your domain, you're not ready for what we do. And it, you just think about that, like you are not representing yourself. There are tools like Wix that are gonna get you right on top of where you need to be. And they're sophisticated. They're used to dealing with your unsophistication on some levels and get helping you get something online. and. Sometimes building a basic website is a lot harder than you think it is without tools like that. Makes you look like you're legit. Legit. And you know what? I'm too not legit too legit to quit. to quit. I'm not too legit to quit because I'm going to keep going. Wait, wait. I am too legit to quit because we're back into series. I don't know. You know, Matt, I think as we kind of, a lot of this funding stuff, it, and if you're listening, it's okay. to. It's a little confusing. I mean, a lot of this, you get into angel rounds, pre-seed, seeds, and series A, and venture debt, and mezzanine financing, and revenue-based funding, and like you're like, oh my God, like where do you start? I will start with getting, I mean, look, there we have probably at this point done an episode on everything I just mentioned. Yeah. There's a world of, of free information and, and people talking it through with you. At some point, Matt, neither Matt or I got it, and then we either did it learned it, figured it out. And that's what you need to do. Because if you want to get yourself into these funding conversations, you got to have a basic grasp on what you're doing because you might get yourself in a bad spot if you don't know what you're doing. And also, I think just to make the most informed decision possible, you need to understand what all the options and avenues are. Well, hopefully if you're in this later, the later stage, like we're talking about, hopefully you've already done a couple rounds and you know what you're doing and you've got the right advisors. You may have a CFO. Right. You know, you've got probably a board. The great thing about a raising good attorney, venture, a good attorney. The great thing about raising venture capital is you have now people. You you have people that are now invested in the fact that helping you raise more money, right? So when you yeah. have that Series A and you have Series B and you've got some institutional money, you've got people that are willing to help you 
go get the next money, right? Even they may invest it themselves. If not, they know people that they may partner with like, hey, we write the million dollar check and our friends down the street, they write the $10 million check. So we'll bring them in now, right? And so the good news is you're going to have help in the later stages and you probably are going to have a CFO by then, I would hope to. Yeah, well, you probably won't get the money if you don't. If it's if you're talking big money, yeah. I mean, I'll take. Yeah, that no one's gonna write you. No one's gonna write you. Watson isn't gonna write a twenty million dollar check no. if he doesn't feel that there is adequate uh, management and, and a couch people there. And yeah, and a couch. What what is your use of funds? I'm gonna spend nineteen million on couches <laughs> and coffee, and one million and one million on growth, and yes. one million on coffee. There you go. There you go. And where could that go wrong? Every step of the way, sir, every step of the way, you know, man, when I look at, I look at a lot of this stuff and I mean, the reality is, is most people don't get into these conversations. No, I mean, no that, way. this is, this is, this is, this is very, uh, this is a, and, and so with that, you know, one of the things that has been refreshing and helpful to not only be a business partner with you at full scale, but also hosting these shows with you, Matt, is, is you have navigated this territory um, with multiple different businesses. And one of the things I think is really important is if you, is you get people around you that may already have that roadmap, because I think that it, it, it has and says a lot about, well, about your company because you have the experience, but I also just think it's make you feel a little better. I am not afraid to ask Matt Watson a stupid question. With everything in life, you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, nothing frustrates me more when I'm at the store with my kids and they're acting like crazy assholes. And you got somebody telling me how to parent my kids and they obviously don't have kids. And I'm like, just shut up, right? And there are so many things about life that you don't understand until you go through them, just like having kids. Like nobody can appreciate what what it's like to have kids until you have kids. You read every book in the world, every blog post, every mommy, it doesn't, none of that matters. So you have kids, just shut up. You don't know nothing about it. And the same thing with like raising money and, and navigating all this stuff until you've been through it, you just will never understand it. And when you're doing this, you want to have people on your side that have done it before that, that understand like the little things in the term sheet, they're going to screw you and all the little differences and details and all the different stuff and how to negotiate it and all that. And experience goes a long way. It really does. And you know, that's, I mean, that's uh that's important. So, all right, Matt. So we're going to get back after this. We'll, we're hoping to get this series done now, what, by the end of 2022? Yeah. Yeah. Um, every couple Six months more. we'll do one. Six more. Six, no, <laughs> no. We're going to try to get this done. Hopefully my voice comes back because I know that the brighter part of many of your day, uh, many oh, of yeah. your days is I miss that sexy voice. silky smooth nature. Oh, right? yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm going to get out of here so I can let that healing begin. See you next week, Matt. See ya. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.